it's time for Rain and Shine, your weekly regional science update, where we explore how the planet works and how we work with the planet. Our world is in a rapid state of change, both culturally and physically. Our planet's life-giving cycles of carbon, water, nutrients, and the living ecosystems and weather patterns that arise from them are under threat from our human economies and culture of dominance. At the same time, practices of recognizing that we have all that we need, of giving back what was taken, and designs that build resilience, regeneration, and circularity into our economic, agricultural, and other systems are all solutions that can help us get back into balance with each other and with nature. As we learn from indigenous peoples, scientists, and artists what these new regenerative and circular systems could look like, I'd like to take a moment and talk about why it could help us to also change how we think about the concept of pollution. Right now, the way we think of it, pollution is something terminal, something bad that has happened that causes harm to people and the planet. For example, climate change is being caused by excessive emissions of heat-trapping gases, and the oceans are being choked by hundreds of billions of tons of plastics. When we think about pollution this way, it feels both bad and somehow inevitable, and it can seem that our only choices are reactive ones. We can choose to do nothing about pollution and leave it to cause more harm, a strategy unfortunately taken by too many. We can pay to clean it up. This often requires case-by-case legal intervention or other funding. Or we can try and stop the activity that caused the pollution in the first place. This requires meaningful policy change and corresponding public education and the political will that goes along with that. For worse or for better, these choices are meaningful ones and they take a lot of energy. As we make them, I would like to argue that it is also important to recognize the reality that we humans are alive, active, and imperfect creatures. We eat, drink, bathe, dress, move around, build, grow, extract, make things, and make mistakes, and we are not going to stop doing any of that anytime soon. Instead of continuing to stay in this somewhat limited and reactive frame of thinking about pollution, a frame that also comes with shame, guilt, and persecution. It could be good for us to try thinking about our interaction with the environment more along the lines of how Mother Nature herself works. In nature, everything is always moving, at one timescale or another, in interconnected, dynamic, circular, and life-generating systems. If we look at pollution in this way, we can see it a little differently. Perhaps we can see that pollution is merely an element that is out of place. It happens when we break elemental cycles or change the concentration of elements by moving them to a different part of the cycle, blocking flow and disrupting balance. Out of place or out of balance elements cause disease and degradation to the systems around them. They destabilize and bring about untimely death. Take carbon, for example. In regard to climate change, one could look at this as a case where this essential element is out of balance. Carbon is not itself a bad thing. It's the building block of life. What's causing the problem is that there's too much of it in the atmosphere and not enough of it in the biosphere and pedosphere, plants, trees, wetlands, soils, etc. 
In the case of plastic pollution, carbon molecules have been moved so far from where they were in their pre-existing life cycles that they are now stuck and cannot get back on their own. In most plastics, the molecules are actually so mixed up that they're not even recyclable. Let's dig in here for a moment on this. Plastics are carbon-based molecules transformed into polymers that have had other chemicals added and then have been combined in a myriad of ways to make resins. From polyethylene to polystyrene to polyester to a half a dozen kinds of polyophin to cellulose, acetyl, elastomers, and the many blends of all of the above, carbon and other chemicals have been moved by us so far out of those pre-existing places where they existed in the global life cycle that they are now stuck indigestible, unrecyclable, and in the way. Some good questions to ask ourselves as we work to clean up the pollution we have made, while also continuing to be active, productive humans who wish to move out of a reactive paradigm and into one that is more coherent with nature are, what will this thing I am making or buying become? Where does it go after that? Can someone or something eat it? Or can it be transformed into something else valuable, that is tradable, or that is somehow of service? Is it part of a cycle that is healthy and supportive of life around it and the greater whole? Is it compostable or endlessly recyclable? If we don't ask these questions and others like them, we will continue to pollute, to be bad, to be given only reactive choices for action. But if we do, ah, then we will have evolved into a new revolving regenerative paradigm, a paradigm full of wonderful possibility. You've been listening to Rain and Shine, a production of the Learning Council, produced by Corey Stanton and written and narrated by me, Calla Rose Ostrander. To submit your nature and science questions, email us at rainshineweekly at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page. And thanks for listening.